once again to another episode of the Lure Entertainment Podcast. I'm Andrew Southwick. Thanks to you all for being with us here uh, for another journey where we got an interesting topic today. And for our discussion, we bring back another Lure executive, Nathaniel Talbot. Nathaniel, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast, man. I feel like I haven't seen you in, in, in well, well, I know it's been weeks, but it feels like longer. I, I get paid more to write code than to uh, uh, entertain people. So that makes sense. Well, you got to stay where the money is, man. I get that. So, <laughs> you know, but thanks for, thanks for carving off some time for the publicity over here. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Always fun. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to, let's jump right in here. I want to talk about the, the topic of bad words as we all, the, the, the latest phenomenon sweeping the nation is Oliver Anthony playing a Dobro out in the field by himself. And all of a sudden racking up record setting views and downloads, having multiple songs in the top five in the billboard charts feats not accomplished since the Beatles, et cetera, et cetera. And just, and everybody's claiming him as one of their own, right? He's, he's got the, well, I'm mad at the man, Richmond, North of Richmond, and everybody sees themselves in that and, and everybody's clickbaiting it. And we are too, I get it. But one of the subjects that came out of that is the, the song has, some coarse language in it. it has some curse words in it and for some conservatives some christians the idea man you know can you curse and be a christian we all know one of the sayings that when i was growing up my grandparents would always tell me uh, don't don't uh, don't smoke drink or chew or go with girls who do or or it would be don't smoke curse or chew or go with girls who do one of the two and uh you know so you have that 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 you know, what is bad words? What is good? What are, what are good words? We, of course we know the Bible, the Bible's clear. We don't want to let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths, but what is unwholesome? What makes a word unwholesome? They're different for different cultures and different time frames. There are different in different countries. We can say things here that you can't say in England. England can say things there. They can't say here, et cetera, et cetera. Is it cultural? Is it a, 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 a factor of, that we agree this is a bad word. We know that taking God's name in vain and using his name in, in a profane way is explicitly, uh, is explicitly forbidden in scripture. That is a sin, but other words, what are they? Uh, what, what about, what if that's what you actually mean? What if that word that you just said is what you mean? Because the other thing is too, we, we use substitute words for those words, but if God is looking at the motives of our hearts, then he's not, going to say, Hey, good job using a substitute word. This is not the ABC Friday night movie of the week or Sunday night movie of the week edited for television. We don't get away with that before God. So, okay. What are bad words? Are there, and, and when, and is there ever a point to use them? There are some, are there are some, you can arguably say the apostle Paul, there are some say that, that, that he uses a couple of curse words in scripture. When you go back to, to the Greek text and you translate these things out. So uh, that, that, that made the final cut, right? So wh- wh- where do we stand? First of all, just 30,000 foot view on, on language, profanity, so on and so forth. What is your understanding of how language comes to be and, and what we consider to be curse words or non-curse words and their use or pro- prohibition thereof? Yeah, so I think... Um this is a fascinating topic. It's a really deep philosophical topic too. So I, I think, um, 
I don't want to go too far into the weeds. I think what's really useful to me is to draw an analogy to um, the issue of modesty. And I think they're actually related because we're kind of talking about modesty of speech. Um, we're talking about uh, using bad words, using good words, etc. And modesty has these aspects in it and thinking of modesty of dress, modesty of demeanor, um, but particularly dress, modesty has these aspects to it that we know are timeless. We know we're not supposed to run around naked in public. Like that is very, very clear. But then you start layering on more clothes and it's like, eventually you get to a point where you're like, yep, that's enough clothes. But exactly where that line is or what parts of the body exactly need to be covered? You know, does your ankle need to be covered? Do your do you need to wear gloves and, uh, and have your hands covered? Um, how much like is showing some shoulder. Okay. For guys, is it okay for girls? So modesty has, um, a, a, a timeless aspect to it. And it also has a cultural aspect to it. And, um, this is a similar topic. It's a, we might say that, um, a lot of this is there's, there's explicit command, but then there's also a, a, a wisdom maturity aspect to figuring these things out and the appropriate use of them. It's much easier just to adopt like a blanket rule and say, well, I will never use any word that's not in the Bible, or I will never, uh, you know, uh, use any word that I wouldn't want my kids to use, uh, at the dinner table or something like that. But you're really limiting yourself and you're really not showing any wisdom or maturity, you know, then your kids don't actually use the appropriate, uh, learn to the appropriate usage of various words. If there is an appropriate usage and, the fact of the matter is, I mean, I grew up in a house. We didn't use really any bad words. We even had a thing against minced oaths. If you've ever heard the term minced oaths, that's, that's the substitute words you were talking about. Right. So, uh, okay. heck instead of hell or, uh, uh, dang yeah. instead of damn, etc. Um, and we like, we wouldn't even use that, but then I got out into the workforce and then suddenly like, I mean, you're hearing those words all the time. So certainly if those words coming into you is somehow defiling you, I mean, you're just hosed as soon as you get anywhere out in the world. Right. right, right. And, and so you, but, but then you go out into the world and you start hearing those things. Well, should you be offended? Should you ask people to stop? And so much of that like comes down to a maturity aspect and actually assessing things. I personally limit, greatly limit my use of, uh, what I'll call vulgarity, but I do not believe that it's intrinsically wrong. Um, I completely, uh, do not, um, use what I would call profanity, which is uh, blasphemous use of uh, taking the Lord's name in vain, basically. Okay. Let, let me get, let me get some clarity on that. You draw a distinction between vulgarity and profanity. Help yes. me understand that and why help me understand that distinction. And then also, why is some vulgarity not inherently wrong in your view? So profanity would be taking the Lord's name in vain. So it would be profaning the name of the Lord, thus the word profanity, right? So think of it in terms of blasphemy. I mean, obviously, we can use the word Jesus when we're talking about Jesus. Obviously, that is a word that can and ought to be used. It's the actual usage of that in a profane way, in a way that profanes it, that's at an issue. That is completely distinct from vulgarity. Vulgar just means common. It just means sort of base or, um, you know, earthy. 
Um, and so, uh, I mean, we had the, uh, Latin Vulgate, right. Which was mm-hmm. that, that's the, uh, the, the common, this common, uh, Latin translation, um, of the scriptures. So vulgar just means common. And there are lots of common things. Um, I'm assuming since we're talking about bad words here, I, people are aware of the fact that we're probably going to use a few on the show. So trigger warning, uh, for, for any church ladies out there following along with us. Um, if you're a farmer, if you're working on the farm all the time and you're mucking out, uh, stalls all the time, you're deal regardless of whether you use bad words to talk about it, you're dealing with shit all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's there all the time. Um, moms changing diapers are dealing with, um, with poop. Like there's crap everywhere. Right. Um, and, and we can like, pretend, like there's this vict- almost, um, Victorian, uh, thing where we can try to pretend like, um, things that are the way of all the world don't exist. And it's just, it's just a denial. Like it's, it's this Gnostic denial of reality, um, which doesn't mean, I mean, we've all known like a little boy that learned the word poop and just wanted to use it all the time. And it's like, that's not, that's not right either. Right. There, mm-hmm. But at the same time, the little boy knows that he like a few times a day, what's he do? He goes into the toilet and poop happens and it stinks. And um, so like the, figuring out the the right at least recognizing the fact that these vulgar um things happen and that they're not intrinsically evil in and of themselves they're just messy and smelly and um or weird and awkward i mean sex has various words associated with it which i would consider vulgar generally not to be used but at the same time they're real experiences and uh they're they're real things that happen in the world and pretending like they don't happen is just um, dumb. I mean, one example is my, um, I I've had this story like second or third hand, but my great grandma on my mom's side, um, she never wanted anyone to acknowledge the fact that she was pregnant. Like it just, it, it was not supposed like, you know, she might be getting big, but we don't talk about that. Like that is not something we talk about the fact that women get pregnant. We certainly don't talk about how that happens. And then there's just suddenly a baby boom. Um, and that's just silly. Like that, that kind of disconnection from these basic ways that God has made us is, is in my opinion, silly. I have to give a, just a quick timeout for those of you watching or listening I'm sniffling a little bit because I'm getting over COVID and I just have a face full of snot. I'm sorry. It's kind of gross. I'm doing my best not to do it in the microphone. Okay. Back to the show. So what Uh, you're saying is you've got a bunch of crap in your nose. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. Well, not actual crap because (laughs) I, I would, uh, that is a fate worse than death. Yeah. That would be bad. (laughs) Yes. I do have gunk or the colloquial crap catch all. Yes. All right. Um, Okay. Now, what about, oh, oh, I did want to mention this to you. So I learned the, what I think is the backstory of where shit came from, the word. Do you know the history? No, I, I may have heard it in the past, but I don't remember. So this is, this now, again, now this comes from a guest who is on another news show that I produce for another network, okay? So he told the story, and I'm going to get the acronym wrong, but it is an acronym, and what it was for was, they used to basically trans transport uh, crap on big barges. 
across the water and they would stack it in these containers very high, like you would see a container ship. And on the side of it was something to the effect of um, like scaled high or, or, or stacked high in transit, S-H-I-T. And that became then the shorthand for the craft that they were transporting. So that's where that comes from. If that story is true, I think so, because the guest who said it is a pretty knowledgeable person in terms of history. But, you know, I didn't find it on the internet. It was from an actual person, but okay. Anyway, so there's a little, but the thing, so then that becomes vulgar. It becomes socially unacceptable. Where's the line, do you think, between social unacceptability and sin like you know what you know what i'm saying like because yep, we do yep. we do have you have romans 14 if, if a man thinks it uh, a sin to him it is and so that's where you do have there, there are some things that are sins for everybody and there are some things that are sins for you that are not for me and yep. you know, for example and just so people could understand what that means so alcoholism runs in my family so for me i'm convicted to drink alcohol is a sin for me now, it does not offend me when other people drink alcohol. Uh, and we all know that drunk, no matter what you are, is a sin. But for me, it would be a sin to drink alcohol. Maybe not for you. That's what that means. It, it's not a moral relativism. It's a conviction that God is giving to each individual based on uh, factors surrounding their life right. and how they've grown up. Okay, right. with that context, it, where does it, it, where where does the line change? Do we have a responsibility to respect social customs in that way? Yeah, and it, and I think even in that example with alcohol, the sin would be uh, disobeying the Holy Spirit in the the conviction that the Holy Spirit's given you not to drink. The sin is not actually in the alcohol itself, right? So, in a similar way, with these vulgar words, we're talking about vulgarity again. I would always classify profanity, taking the Lord's name in vain to make your point, is sin. Period. Like Ten Commandment violation. Boom, you're done. Um, with vulgarity. Um, we're, we're much more talking about what is, I, I, I think of it in the context of politeness. When is it like different tables have different sets of manners, right? We all know that the manners at a, at a cookout outdoors are different than the manners at a fancy, uh, restaurant, uh, or a, a fancy dinner party with friends, right? We know that that's a different set of manners. We also like, I think that you can easily say that taking your cookout, manners when you and bringing those to the fancy dinner party when you actually know fancy dinner party manners but just because you don't you can't be bothered to actually um uh, be kind show kindness to the other people at the dinner party that would be sin why because you are um elevating yourself you're selfishly elevating yourself and your old own needs and wants you're not deferring to uh the other people that you're with you're not showing them the kindness of, of seeking to, uh, meet the, the standards. It's, it's like going to somebody else's house who wants people to take their shoes off and ask you to take their shoes off and you refuse to take your shoes off and, and, and walk around inside with your shoes on. Right. doesn't mean that it's sinful to wear shoes inside of your own house or inside of somebody's house who doesn't mind whether you wear shoes or not. Um, it has everything to do with, uh, uh, kindness and context. And again, this is much more about wisdom and maturity than it is about a hard and fast rule. As a matter of fact, I would say often when somebody comes along and just wants to slap a uh, 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 never allowed sticker on a vulgar word, that's generally a sign of immaturity, not maturity. That's a sign of, I don't have the maturity to actually think this through and consider it and consider when 
it might be useful um, to to use this word versus, um, you know, it's just easier to, to slap a never allowed sticker on it. Well, we do. I think we do that as Christians. We tend to make the thing the sin as opposed to its misuse, which I think that's really what What's, well, I mean, sin is, is disobeying God in whatever form it is. But when we disobey God, are we not misusing something yeah. that he has created, whether it's language, whether it's on the part of creation? That, that's, that's what we're doing. We're misusing it and misappropriating it for whatever end we, you know, we want to. But and that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why sex is such a, which should be a very open subject in church, not in terms of the way we see it now in schools and transgender nonsense, not like that. But we should be talking about, why God created it. We should be teaching that, uh, in our, in, in, instead of hushing it and, and never talk about that and, you know, put it behind closed because now we, now we, now we have two generations at least that don't know how to talk about it. And another one yep. now that's learning about it completely backwards and upside down. And yep. the same is true when it comes to language relations, so or relationships, so on and so forth. Let me bring up this quote to you. Let me add this to the, to the screen here. This is from our friend, John Speed fellow lore executive. He likes to be called Grand Poobah. Those are his pronouns. I gave him those pronouns on the first time he was on the show. So he has adopted those. I just want, I don't want to trigger him. But anyway, he says this there, and this is speaking about profanity. And I'd be curious to how this, how you see this relating to our conversation. He says, there is a religious progression in profanity. It moves from a defiance of God to an invocation of excrement and sex and then perverted forms of sex. This religious progression is social as well as verbal. The profane society invokes not God, but the world of the illicit, the obscene, and the perverted. The downward trend of society is a quest for renewed energy, the shock of new force and vitality, and it is a perpetual quest for new profanations. Verbal profanity is an oral witness to a, show, to a social profanity. This is from the Institutes of Biblical Law by R.J. Rushduni. And uh, then he includes a, um, a question of the, from the Westminster Catechism. What are the sins forbidden in the third commandment included in the list? The abuse of God's name in ignorant, vain, irreverent, profane, superstitious, or wicked mentioning, or otherwise using his titles, attributes, ordinances, works, by blasphemy, perjury, all sinful cursing, oaths, vows, and lots. Before I, before, I want to ask you a question about this, and then I want to get your general statement. In the Catechism, speaking of the third commandment, don't take the Lord's name in vain. All those are the abuse of God's name, which we talked about as profanity, which you mentioned. It goes on to sinful cursing, but it uses, it's, it's, it is explaining cursing in the context of oaths, vows, and lots. Like, you know, I am cursing this in, in God's name for some evil purpose or something like that. Or uh, does sinful cursing mean vulgarity do you think by by the catechism's definition and then how do you see something like this overall quote influencing or impacting what we're we're talking about here so i think it's helpful to back up for just a second so i seem to be making this like really really strong statement for profanity is the or um, vulgarity is the best and we should use it all the time <laughs> i'm very it's funny because i'm very much the opposite right so i was raised like speaking of culture i was raised very much in this we never even uh uh you know think of those words you know much less say them um then i got out into the world and people are saying them all the time 
And I didn't like, I wasn't, I've never been interested in going along with that. It's never been appealing to me um, or uh, even seemed useful to me to use vulgarity as the, as the world does, because it's so overused. And I think that's where Rushdoony is really on point where he's saying it's this just constant acceleration of using um, these bad words to try to create some kind of a feeling in a people who's, you know, dead. <laughs> Why are they dead? Well, they're dead because they're not alive in Christ and in God. And so, uh, they're, they're constantly trying to shock and just create some feeling, um, where they don't have any. So, so, and, and just in general, I think, uh, uh, using vulgarity regularly, and most of the people in the world that use vulgarity, they're also using profanity, um, depending on who they're around. Although it's funny, even though the, even the non-believers tend to make a distinction between those two. There are people who will who will say vulgar words around you till they're blue in the face, and then they'll drop uh, Jesus H Christ or whatever, and they will they will then apologize because yeah. they know you're a Christian or whatever. They yep. they can tell the difference. Um, but so I think Rush Juni is totally on point in terms of the acceleration, the overuse, the we're just trying to top it. But I, I do think he's making a mistake there by not making a distinction between vulgarity and profanity. And I think the, the confession is uh, that, that John also quotes is, is better on that, where it's really making the, the point that this is about the use of God's name in vain. And then we get into sinful cursing and O's and other things. And there you're getting into, um, basically using truthful words, not using magical words. I think when it's talking about sinful cursing, it's, it's, we think of cursing, we kind of have this generic idea of cursing as like from our materialistic worldview, there is no supernatural, like what's a curse. Like it's just when you're saying something bad about somebody, but I think the Westminster actually has in view the idea of actually pronouncing a curse on someone expecting a supernatural effect, uh, from that or hoping at least hoping for one. Right. Um, even if you don't expect the supernatural effect, you shouldn't be cursing your brother like that. That's a, a wicked thing to do unless there's an actual righteous opportunity to bring down one of God's curses on someone. That's something the Psalms do. And I think that's within view, but that's a, that's a righteous act. And that's why it says sinful cursing in particular, I think, but I that's do think like where, where James and John wanted, uh, they were mistreated and they went to Jesus and said, Hey, can we call fire down on them now? They just went yep. from zero to 60. Like, can we just yep. burn them? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, you could think of it in terms of witchcraft, too. I mean, the the Westminster divines would have still lived in a world where um, there were those who were practicing witchcraft and they would they, they lived in a world that still uh, was enchanted. They recognized the fact that there were spiritual powers that could be invoked. And so I think their sinful cursing, that particular phrase in the confession is talking about something much more specific than just this generic idea of bad words. With that, let's take a look at Oliver Anthony's, a clip from Oliver Anthony's recent appearance on Joe Rogan. Now, one of the, this will bring us back kind of full circle to what I started talking about on this episode, was he's gotten a lot of flack, or some Christians have gotten a lot of flack for for carrying Oliver Anthony's song when, oh, it's, it's so vulgar and, and, and crude. And, and, and I've even seen, because he's going to read scripture, we're going to see that here. People say, oh, yeah, he, he curses and then reads the Bible right after that. And what, what a hypocrite and all this other stuff. I will say this going in. He got on the biggest podcast in the world with arguably the, the 
one of the top three most influential voices in the in the broadcast media space in the world. A guy who is a open Bernie bro who loves who loves the doobies. You know, marijuana is a food group of the Joe Rogan experience. And he was able to proclaim Christ. And, and, and Oliver Anthony, you'll hear him talk. He is, and by his own admission, he is really a new Christian. He's really discovering this new, he's a few months old. And so, and you can tell in, in, how, in how he talks about it, things like that. Not the words he uses, but how he describes God and what he's learning and so on and so forth. But here it is. Plenty of people have sat in, and, and I'm guilty of this too. You, you sit in your in your church building and you make sure that your language is G-rated, but you never get in front of anybody who needs to hear Christ and actually proclaim it, you know? And he just did that. Why are we, why do we turn the, the fire on each other when, hey, he's, at least he's taking a shot. At least he's out there proclaiming. We're, anyway, I'll shut up because I can soapbox on that for another 40 minutes. But let's take a look at this. This is about four minutes. We'll listen to the whole thing because I want to get I want to get your well-rounded, um, well-rounded response to this here. From coming from somebody who was just really just in a really just up place like and i use that word like with discretion but in this case it describes like where i was like that guy found a lot of peace like from this book and from, from looking at things in a different way yeah from looking at things through the eyes well, yeah, of scripture and i think for me it was like i had been in you know i'd been in church growing up and i had been i'd been exposed to all that but I'd found a lot of um, a lot of theatrics and a lot of politics in church and in religion when I was younger. And so it just immediately turned me off to so it. So if you can take us to like what was like the day you picked it up, what what was the feeling that you had? Like what caused you to act? What what was it like when you did it? Yeah, I mean, I'd been reading it here and there off and on and I had for like off and on for a long time, like because I again, I was introduced to it as a kid, but it was really just like um, I remember I'd went to the I went to the ER for everything that was going on. I mean, I thought I was seriously going to die. Like I was having shooting pains up under my jaw, down in my wrist and my leg, like just cardiovascular 101 symptoms. Of course, I'm 31. I had been like, I could run four miles without stopping. No problems. Like I knew my heart was strong, but I just just freaking out. Yeah. But I went and did that. And, uh, I remember being in the truck after that, just like, and I just, yeah, I just had a breakdown moment. I was just, just crying and, um, was just, just, I just felt hopeless. Like, like almost the way a child feels hopeless when they, you know, like you can't find your parent or something like a, like a four-year-old that can't find his parents or something. I was just like, just didn't have anything left in me. And, um, I don't know. I just, uh, I just decided like right then and there, I was like, I know I can't do this anymore. And, but I know, I know that I can, I know there's things that I need to do. And I just, I was just, just told God, I was like, just let me do it. Like, and I'll give all this shit up. I'll give up the weed and I'll quit getting drunk and I'll quit. Um, I'll quit being so angry about things and I'll just like, I'll just call it good. Whatever I've done up 
from from up until I was 30 or whatever, 31, like I'll, we'll just call that good and I'll start over again. And um, I don't read it because I feel like I should read it to be a better person. It's like now I, I try to read it for the guidance within it. And I'm still in the infancy stages of a lot of this. Like I've read a lot of Psalms, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Luke and um, there's other good books, but just trying to, I don't know, like trying to restructure, I guess, on a granular level, like I guess the neural pathways in my brain that have certain habits and certain ways of thought, like I've tried to retrain that to, um, you know, like there's, there's things it says like, uh, and I'll be very brief with this, I promise. But like one thing, ironically, it's, uh, Proverbs 420, which I thought you would like. <laughs> so if there's anything better, Perfect. But, um, preach my son, pay attention to what I say turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. But um, that's pretty profound. But the whole book of Proverbs is like that. Like it's not preachy. It's not. It's not what you think. Like it's. It's like it's good guidance. It's like good guidance that you would want a father to give to his son. It's good guidance that came from Chief Dirt. It's good guidance you'd want a father to give to his son. You could hear him there too. Uh, he dropped an F-bomb at the top. He's, he's saying shit. And then he's reading Proverbs and let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. I'm sure a lot of people zeroed in on that and, and see something wrong. The, and then Joe Rogan at the end of it, I think this is, and this, you know, he, he said that's profound. That was edited really well because he's, he actually said that's effing profound. I will not use that word here. Just <laughs> he, 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 So, and, and yeah, right. I mean, so good. And I remember, like, so there was a. We had just finished a show, and I forget where we were playing in a bar. My band, when I was touring back in the day, and we were in a bar. It was like a Tuesday night, and I don't know, one or two in the morning. And I remember somebody came to me because when you play in those elements, so here we let's again. You know, we were a Christian band, but we played in bars and all that kind of stuff too. But. You, you get you at some point, like when you do the when you do the evening show like that in the midweek or the evening, the night show, you end up, you make an, an, an agreement to play for a lot of times three or four hours. And so inevitably you run out of songs, but at the same time you run out of songs, people run out of functioning brain cells. And so you start playing just random stuff. So I remember once we launched into a whole bunch of worship songs that we were playing at, at church in this bar on a Tuesday night and or a Tuesday. Well, it would have been a Wednesday morning, right? Cause after midnight and we, anyway, we got done and, and we would get paid. We get a little bit of cash, whatever, whatever that came from the door, whatever we could sell in our merch CDs and stuff. And then, you know, if it was, if they had a kitchen, they'd give us a meal. So, and I use the word meal very loosely, but anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> one guy drunk at the bar started talking to me and just cursing up a storm, but talking all about how man, you played that one song. And I remember that song. We used to play it when I was an effing kid. Now I, I mean, it was just, you know, F was a, uh, it was an adverb really. It was just part yeah, of regular right. speech. And I remember thinking like, 
am I supposed to be listening to this? Like, should I? Well, I guess he's talking and he's talking about a church song and he's talking to me about that. I, I got are you okay? I guess, I guess so. Cause it's, ha- I mean, this is happening. I don't, you know, it was kind of, it was sort of like that where Joe Rogan can hear God's word. And you can imagine if, 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 if you know, he was given some of the liner notes or he was asked to give an endorsement and, you know, this is effing profound Joe Rogan, you know, and, and on the Bible, but that, I mean, it got through, but yet it's surrounded in all this vulgarity. Help us make sense of this. <laughs> well, so here's, here's the interesting thing is um, first of all, Proverbs says, let no corrupt speech come out of your mouth. Right. Um, let's uh, let's, <laughs> I mean, this is just going to be the, the show about excrement. Okay. So um, <laughs> when, <laughs> we've all been constipated, right? One of the worst possible things for your health is like not being able to poop. So there are times and places where you need, like, you got to go, man, you got to go. And it's bad if you, if you don't, but obviously if your septic tank overflows and that stuff starts flowing out everywhere in your house, that's bad. Right. Um, it, it, our approach towards vulgarity so often is, is like, if we were like, well, just in case we might, we might accidentally use Jesus name in vain. So we're just going to, we're not going to say Jesus. It's actually similar to um, this practice that the, um, that the Jews had of leaving out the vowels out of uh, Yahweh, just so that they wouldn't like take it, take his name in vain. Um, and, and having, you know, the tetragrammatron, like, uh, I don't, uh, I, have you ever noticed a uh, better example, uh, same context, but, uh, the, the, a lot of Jews when they're posting on Twitter, um, uh, in particular, um, particular, um, sex of Judaism, they will post G dash D instead of G O D. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, well, just in case we accidentally like magically use this word wrong, we're just not going to use the word, even though our hearts could be completely wrong. Right. It goes back to the, what could defiles a man? It's not what goes into him. It's what comes out of him. Um, it's, it's out of the issues of our heart that sin comes. And so what happens is when we treat language like this, when we make these rules, we, we lose, we we're giving up power, right? It's like any other time that there's something really powerful that God's given us. like sex and we say well all of that's bad Uh, like okay you're taking something really powerful that god gave us to use rightly and and you're you're just giving up all of that power and so what happens is with language with these bad vulgar words if we um if we are not able to approach them with wisdom and maturity avoid using them in corrupt ways. But if we can't call the words coming out of a politician's mouth bullshit, when they're really bullshit um, in, in the right context at the right time, if, if we all go, ah, we're losing power. And I think that's what um, all the uh, Oliver Anthony has kind of hit on in his original hit song. Like he was using those words in a, in a context where they actually had impact um, they weren't sprinkled all throughout the song. They were used in particular places to say, this is like this, just an analogy guys, this, uh, these words over here are like the crap, um, over here that smells really bad. Like, and, and 
just to illustrate this for all of us, I just want to read a little passage of scripture. Um, this is one of those passages of scripture that sometimes you wonder, like, do I need a content warning before I read this passage? But uh, Ezekiel chapter 23, starting in verse 19, uh, the prophet, uh, the Lord speaking through the prophet Ezekiel about the people of Israel, he says, yet she multiplied her harlotry in calling to remembrance the days of her youth when she had played the harlot in the land of Egypt. For she lusted for her paramours whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys. By the way, I don't think flesh is exactly the right uh, translation there. I think that our uh, uh, Bible translators were a little prudish when they translated, but um, I'll let you uh, research that if you want to. But whose flesh, so she lusted for her paramours, whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys, and whose issue, whose semen, is like the issue of horses. Thus you called to remembrance the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians pressed your bosom because of your youthful breast. So the Bible uses vulgarity to make points. And if you go and co- and we could go and completely cut off our ability to use some of these, the stronger language describing uh, parts of life that, that in general ought to be kept more private. Like we don't need to talk about them all the time, but if you completely close off your ability to use them, you're giving up power. Like you're giving up the ability to use language in a non-corrupt way, but in rather a way to convince and, and move the hearers as someone like Oliver Anthony's done. Um, with his language. Doesn't it also neuter the point of what you're trying to say? Like, it, it, I mean, again, using using it contextually. You silly. You right? just end up sounding silly, right? Well, I mean. well, and you also sound like you're, now you're unsure. You're not confident. It's, it's, I've, it's like anything that you do where you do it kind of halfway, it, it doesn't have that, it doesn't have that effect. It doesn't, it doesn't, the point doesn't get across. And so there's a, there's a certain strategy, if you will, to, to, because well, what think we think about the vulgarities that we have, the words we use today are not the words they used back then, but we're describing the same thing. You know, you're describing turds, you know, for example, since we're, we're on that topic today. Um, yeah what they called it was vulgar in their culture. What we call it is vulgar in our culture, but sometimes that's exactly what we mean. Like, yeah, this politician's words are, are bullshit because, you know, think of a pile of, of bull turds and here, and here it is. And this is what this it's all. That's the value. That's everything. Scented toilet paper will not fix them, you know? And, yep. but instead of saying, well, they, they, cause now what do we say? Well, they they are, they misspeak or they, they don't say it exactly true or they're not being forthcoming. No, they're lying. They're you know they're, they're saying things right. that hurt us and hurt you right. and that hurt the country. And if that's right. not bullshit, I don't know what is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Jesus calls the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. I mean, calling calling uh, their hearts the same as a corrupt grave. How is that not corrupt speech? Well, it's not corrupt speech because it's accurate speech. It's truthful speech that is um, using analogy to illustrate the truth of a matter. And there are times when, um, you know, this is appropriate. I think, um, you know, again, going back to the. okay, so two things. First of all, there's another factor that enters into this, and that is when we are presenting a story about someone 
who uses bad language, I think there's real wisdom required. Like for instance, if you're telling a war story, we know what sailors and soldiers, we know how they speak. It doesn't mean that we have to like completely a hundred percent accurately represent that all the time. Right. And, but figuring out the wisdom of how, how much to make it so that if a soldier watched that, they'd be like, yeah, that's accurate. Or instead of going, well, this is silly because no soldiers actually talk like that. Um, that whole reenactment issue of when it's just like, it's just like making a show about murder. Like we have all kinds of detective shows and nobody thinks, Oh, it's really bad to make a detective show where somebody dies. No, that's part of the story. Like somebody kills somebody and we're making an actual depiction of a violation of the 10 commandments. And yet we don't bat an eye. Um, and yet somehow on this particular one, I mean, I, anyhow, so that, that's like kind of one issue. The other issue is our culture a hundred percent overuses vulgarity and it does the, that overuse leads into profanity. And, um, I think it's really helpful as Christians to, to really be thoughtful about when and if we even need to use vulgar words and to be very cautious about that use. So particularly because of the way that our culture is now. I, I actually founded a company in the past, um, founded it with, uh, uh, another Christian guy. And then a guy who was kind of nominal Christian. Um, he didn't necessarily have convictions around this, but he was just kind of professional. And we just, we just always kept things professional in the office. And even in tech where vulgarity is kind of like all over the place, even up to and including, uh, you know, going past that into profanity, our office didn't have it. People didn't drop F-bombs in meetings. Why? Because our uh, speech, the founder's speech, was seasoned with salt, and it affected uh, everyone around us. So I'm not in any way advocating for just like, you know, uh, dropping, uh, uh, you know, F-bombs and shit and damn and hell and all these things all over everything that we're doing. I'm just talking about recognizing these are like fire. They're like they're fire words. And you're really careful with where you put fire. Fire only goes in the fireplace. It only goes in the fire pit. It goes on the tip of a candle. It does not go in the middle of the living room. Um, we don't make bonfires in the bedroom. Um, and and so really treating it as uh, as fire that we very carefully uh, uh, deploy, but recognizing that it is powerful. And this is one of the reasons why we're bringing this up is because with Lore and Lore.TV, some of our creators, some of the, some of the films, in fact, I think we've got one, uh, it's a comedy special coming up pretty soon. What's it called? America. I forget the title. America live. Thank you. America live where there is vulgarity in it. And it's important that we have this discussion as a, as a platform because that's, inevitably that's going to be one of the criticisms that comes and it'll largely come, I think from, from Christians, from believers and okay. The concern itself, there's some validity there. Let's, let's, let's talk that out. But because the assumption is because lure is based faith or faith based or whatever you want to call it, that it will be just as pure as the driven snow and it will be saccharine. And this, this will basically will be a better hallmark or we'll, we'll you know what I mean? We'll, we'll be a better, right. we'll be a better angel studio. We'll be, we'll be a right. better pure flex. Right. It's something entirely different. And our stories won't shy away from real depictions as as appropriate and as it serves the story. And some of those depictions are language like we're going to hear with uh, America live. Am, am I off base there? 
No, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, we have two basic rules on lore. One is no blasphemy. So that would include profanity. Um, and, and again, we're talking there specifically about, um, uh, you know, a, a live comedy special would be a good example where like just gratuitous, uh, taking of the Lord's name in vain is not appropriate. Um, uh, so no blasphemy and, uh, no pornography or, or nudity. Um, and so, from those really basic rules, then we work with creators to figure out what's actually going to appeal to our, our audience. Right. Cause there's also the, just the whole thing of producing something that's appropriate for the people that you want to actually fund your content. Right. That's not, that's market forces and we're all about them. Um, so it doesn't mean that there won't be back and forth between us and the audience and the artists to figure out what's, what's, uh, appropriate, but our, our standards are very, very basic and very simple. And so but it is going to shock some people um in and and from my perspective that's i don't i know these people that get all up in arms about it i know they're watching shows with bad words in them no way is everybody running like uh you know uh, i remember um my in-laws had one of those bleeper devices. Do you ever have one of the bleeper devices where you would like hook it up to your TV and it would use the closed captioning to like uh, mute the TV when a bad word came on and it would like put, yeah, it would put up a a closed caption of a substitute word. Um, So you could always like, you could read the lips and you could, you could figure out from the substitute word, what the bad word was. I never understood like what the actual value of that was other than again, going back to this whole perspective. That's what goes into you that corrupts you that somehow hearing this particular set of words was going to, was going to uh, was sin in and of itself. Um, But anyhow, like the idea that um, we're going to, that these people who are complaining about this all the time, that they're running these filters all the time on all the content they listen to and nothing ever passes their pure ears. Like what world are they living in? (laughs) It just doesn't even make any sense to me. And then to think that um, we can't um, accurately depict the world that we can't um, engage with folks with court language. There are plenty of Christians even Christians, but non-Christians and Christians alike out there that need ministering to, and they don't always use words that are please and thank you. Um, you know, they're, they, and don't you think that hurts a little bit, our ability to reach the world because we so insulate ourselves that when we actually engage with the world and they're not a reflection of us, just like a more colloquial version that all of a sudden we don't know how to do it. And then we run back to our safe zone because the big bad world says big bad things. And yeah. we don't, we don't know how to navigate that. We don't know how to be in the world, but not of the world because we've insulated ourselves away from the world. Yeah. And just in general, like, um, the, our, um, our tendency to make legalistic standards that are not actually scriptural standards, not only undermines us when we go out to reach the world, it undermines us with our own kids. Like when, when we say, Hey, we, we, operate according to the Bible around here. And then we give them an, a standard, a non-scriptural standard and try to make some kind of a justification of it that doesn't really hold up off of scripture and say, yep, this is God's commandment. Like, or even imply that it, it messes with our kids' heads. I had that experience growing up myself. Um, and, and then we go out to the world and we're like, Hey, um, you know, for instance, God said like smoking is, sinful. We certainly imply that, right. Mm -hmm. Find that for me in scripture. Like they look at, they're like, 
I mean, you'd be giving me a Bible verse right now if that was in the Bible. I don't think that's in the Bible. And we go to stuff like uh, your body being a temple, which that's completely true. And we and we do actually need to buffet our bodies and take care of our bodies. But they're like, you're sucking down like uh, multiple sodas a day. Don't give me like, don't tell like, why is why is smoking worse than all of the sugar that you're taking in? Right. Like, so there's all these ways that we're, we're hypocritical about standards that aren't actual scriptural standards. And we ought to stick to the clear uh, words of scripture and actually think about them. What does it mean to, to, to use corrupt speech? Mm-hmm. A lot of people use zero bad words and constantly pew, spew corrupt speech. An easy, easy example would be a prosperity gospel preacher who's out there lying to people about God and about his word and about what he says in it and about um, life and everything else and never says a, a quote unquote bad word. And yet it's all of it's corrupt speech. You don't even have to go that far. We're, we're in an election season right now. All we hear is corrupt speech. We're going to <laughs> right. vote for people based on which corrupt speech we like the most. I mean, kind yep. of loud. Glitch McConnell is out there stroking out for the second time in a month. He gets evaluated by the the the, the Congress or the White House physician, which one of them? And the guy says he's cleared for takeoff. Are you nuts? Tell me that's not a, a corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't even have words there, but in my heart, I said a whole bunch. I right. just don't, I don't, I, the, the words aren't invented yet for, for how I feel about that. Oh my gosh. But I mean, that's right. what we're talking but that's just as corrupt. That's just as corrupt. It just as damn. I think in some ways it's more corrupt. I think in most ways it's more corrupt than using uh, some vulgarity every once in a while, because the vulgarity is at least right there. Like you can see it. You can even go up to a brother and say, Hey brother, like I, you're, you're kind of overdoing it. Like nobody's <laughs> even like nobody, nobody even pays attention to you, you know, saying shit anymore because it's every second word and it means nothing like I, you can't even use that word like that um it, it, it's the f word right that they say is the only word in the english language that can be used for any part of speech i think uh mm-hmm. and our culture has definitely proved that <laughs> so, some people we, 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 we have taken on that challenge yes <laughs> we totally uh, Gosh, yeah. So, so anyhow, like, but, but you can come alongside a brother like that, but when the, these honeyed, these honeyed words that are actual corrupt speech, so often we don't even deal with why, because they sound nice and they don't violate these unbiblical standards that we've created. Well, I gotta say, we've got a couple minutes here left on this episode. So I want to get what, what's a, we, we're not going to have a final or a definitive word. And by the way, those of you watching uh, would be really curious to hear what you think about this in the comments. Is, is there a, is there a distinction? Do you see it the way that Nathaniel does between profanity and vulgarity? Is there a, is there an acceptable use for vulgarity or, or, or just not never take it out, throw it out. Or, or you know, is Nathaniel absolutely full of it and you're going to tell him why, uh, let us know in the in the comments on on uh, on this episode. We'd love to hear from you there. But just don't use any bad words. That's when you, true. When you that's bring true. it back, the, the moderator that. will be looking. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, there's not going to be a, a definitive yes or no. But if you're going to give some elevator ride advice, how do we go about not only discerning what language we hear, but what language we should be using as well what what would your advice be for that so um first of all 
The commandment is clear. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Do not use it in vain. Um, that would include things like um, uh, when you lie, you're taking God's name in vain. If you're a Christian, if people know that you're a Christian and you lie, you're taking God's name in vain because you have his name upon you and you're using uh, that name vainly. Um, and the reputation that you, that, that you hold God's reputation that people associate with you. So, but, but, you know, do not use God's name in vain. And I think in general, like, um, that's where we should be more upfront with people. Hey, that's, that's my Lord and savior you're talking about. He's not an adjective for you to drop in for emphasis. So I think that's where it can really be appropriate to, um, maybe not the first time. I mean, we've all like, you know, I, I've been in groups, big groups, somebody drops, you know, uh, my Lord's name in vain. And it's not always appropriate to just to immediately jump in, but if it becomes a repeating thing, like just saying, Hey, like, and usually people are actually extremely respectful when you do that. Cause they they're doing it because it's transgressive. They know it's transgressive. So unless they want to pick a fight with you specifically, they'll usually back off. So that's mm-hmm. number one. Number two is the, what we need to actually discern the right use or not when to use, when not to use something like vulgarity is we need wisdom. And where do we get wisdom? We get wisdom from God. We ask him for it. We study his word for it. The, the wisdom literature of scripture, the Psalms, the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, um, the prophets are, uh, are, are those who instructed the kings and the people and wisdom. So spending time in those parts, um, uh, the, the poetic parts of scripture uh, are really good for growing this understanding of language and and what we want is we just want a rule to drop on our head that says, you know, clearly you just can't use this word. But like you noted earlier, language changes over time. What was a bad word, you know, a century ago, may we may not even use it anymore or and or we may use it occasionally um, in a, uh, because it's in some idiom or something and not even realize that we're, quote unquote, using a bad word because language has moved on. And, and so that's kind of the third thing I get to, especially when you think in terms of consuming, um, back to what Jesus told us, it's what comes out of a man that defiles the man, not what goes into him. And you being somewhere where someone is using even uh, profanity does not, you are not sinning. You're sinning. If you're assenting to that, you're sinning. If you are, um, okay with that. Um, if someone's overusing vulgarity, they're using it inappropriately. They're, they're, they're being really crass and, and, and unacceptable in the way that they're they're talking about even just natural things that God made. Um, that is not, that does not come into you and defile you and make you impure. It's, it's your heart and what comes out of your heart. So we need to be paying a lot more attention to what's coming out of our mouth. Um, than, than worrying about the, the people around us. And then in terms of our, uh, consumption, we just need to be like, what is this encouraging me towards? Is this, is this story? Is this media? Is it encouraging me towards, um, uh, rejoicing in the Lord is encouraging me towards, uh, pure speech towards, um, thinking rightly. Is it, is it teaching me wisdom, all these different things? That's what's important. Not, is there a random bad word in, in this piece of media? 
Well, there you have it. That's our initial discussion, at least on bad words. I'm sure we'll have another one. But uh, again, we want to know what you think. Leave us uh, your notes in the comment section. We'll check all those out. And again, uh, Nathaniel, thanks for spending some time with us on this episode of the podcast. For Nathaniel Talbot, I am Andrew Southwick, and this has been the Lore Entertainment Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Lure.tv, L-O-O-R.tv, and be on the lookout for America Live coming up soon. I think we're debuting it pretty soon anyway, at least from the rumblings I hear. So that'll be some new content coming up. Looking forward to. Uh, but after all that, uh, once again, thanks for checking out this episode of the show. We will see you next time.